Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Today's guest, Mitch Light of The Athletic. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. The news today presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-based injury law firm. Sutherland and Belk is committed to fighting for those who have been injured in car, motorcycle, and truck accidents. Check them out at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt's football roster appears to have some issues heading into the Tennessee game on Saturday. The Commodores down to 45 players on its depth chart and particularly weak on defense where it lists only five defensive linemen as well as a couple of defensive backs playing linebacker. So anyway, Vanderbilt in some rough shape, it appears, heading into the Tennessee game. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile. Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spa-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care. Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Mitch Light has joined us. Mitch, of course, works at The Athletic, where he's a college football editor. Mitch, thanks for joining us today. No problem, Chris. Hope you're doing well. All right, let's talk about this crazy environment that is college football with all the cancellations and everything. We'll get to Vandy in Tennessee in a minute, but where's this headed with all these games being canceled and bowl games? And maybe that's too much to bite off there, but you covered on a big picture. I'm wondering what you're hearing. Yeah, I mean, that's why I had to postpone the recording of this podcast for a few minutes because I was dealing with the Ohio State Michigan and had some writers submitting some stuff. Um, it's everywhere. I know Vanderbilt fans like to look at a, a woe is me and sure Vanderbilt had more opt-outs in the preseason maybe than most teams or any team. But what you're seeing from Vanderbilt now isn't uh, doesn't really jump out nationally except that, you know, the top five, 10, 15 teams that are really playing for something you're seeing guys opt out and injuries and thin rosters. I mean, supposedly there was a report that Michigan was maybe only going to have 45 players <laughs> or was missing 45 players off of its roster, which is incredible. You know, Minnesota, so many big 10 teams are, are being hit by it. Pac 12 is literally, you know, 
you, you, you wait for releases on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning that games are a go. It used to be earlier in the back in the good old days, earlier in the season, if there was going to be a cancellation, you kind of found out about it on, um, you know, Monday or Tuesday. Now it's, you know, as late as we saw with Vanderbilt on Friday. And the Vanderbilt thing was weird last week because I was told that they thought they're in pretty good shape Thursday and we're waiting test back Friday. So obviously something happened um, that last day there. So that, that one was a little bit of a surprise, but um, it is, I mean, I think we got the season off to a pretty good start. We did, especially in the SEC and maybe we got a little spoiled, but you know, as cases have spiked and um, I think, you know, you know, this, it's not like I'm making big Twitter announcements, but I've been battling COVID myself. We had it uh, in, in our family. It, it's seemingly everywhere. Um, so it's, it's, not a surprise. Uh, my, you know, I don't know about bowl games. I don't know how eager teams going to be flying all over the place to play in a bowl game. Um, but it's it's a it's a crazy time. I, I think we'll get to it. We'll, we'll crown a national championship. It's just uh, it's been a wild ride. I was going to go see my nephew play this weekend. We had booked a flight and everything. But and then I you think gave the, up after a horrible loss last week. <laughs> well, that probably didn't help, but it wasn't the reason. You and I have had this conversation. I think I've had it before. I think I had it back in the spring. I felt awful. It was not a severe case. I mean, I say that this was before we really knew what COVID was, but it was. I was getting over it right at the time that became a big public deal here. We canceled because we're going to see in-laws, uh, and I just I can't have that on my conscience if we're on a plane and we get it somehow and you know, things go wrong with 70-something-year-old in-laws, and I just think that's the case that a lot of us are in, and I'm just concerned about, you know, other people. I, I'm rambling here, but anyway, uh, I, I yeah, think we're at that I, point I, where it's just chaos. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll share my quick story as a, sort of a cautionary tale. And um, I'm 49 years old, but I'm in pretty good shape. I ran six miles the day before my symptoms started. And I had chest pain for two weeks, got really bad over the weekend, um, got a you know, I was really getting concerned and, you know, I'd go up the stairs and get tired. This is again, two weeks after running six miles and, uh, got a chest, uh, and, and lungs scan last Friday and, and came back clean. And my doctor thinks it's something called pleurisy, which is, you can look it up. It's really not that serious. I've already started taking medicine and feel better already, but it's just, you know, it's scary. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who just dismiss it, whatever, but, um, you, you don't want to get it. So, but that, that's my little, my side little story. And, and I, I think I'm on the path to recovery. Yeah, well, whatever I had, I was sleeping 14 and 15 hours a night, uh, you know, or a day, which I never do. I mean, I'm lucky to sleep more than seven or eight. And, and then for two weeks afterwards, after that phase was over, I just felt dead all the time. But yeah, I, no, no fun if you get it. Glad you're getting better, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, let me ask you something because there's opt-outs and there's quote-unquote opt-outs. How much of yeah. what you're seeing around the country is legitimate COVID stuff and, and how much of you seeing are just kids just sick of their environment and taking out where they have it? Oh, I think right now, I mean, you can call them opt-outs, but um, right now, I mean, I, I think guys are leaving just, and they're mostly upperclassmen, like just like, like Dio Dingbo, just he, he gave it as, you know, he gave it his all. You can debate whether or not he should have given his all for two more games or if he played through the, the course of the season and 
Um, and then, you know, the season extended and he needs to go take care of himself. I get both arguments. Uh, but I think right now you're seeing guys, they're, they're not opting out because they're worried about getting COVID. I don't think, I think it's just, they're, they're, they're ready to move on. And there was, I'm looking for this tweet that really hit home. I saw last night, you know, as a parent of a college student, you know, because LSU might be losing its, uh, its top recruit, Eric, uh, what's the guy's name? The tight end. Um, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. And so I think some LSU fans were critical of him and whatever. And, and Zach Von Rosenberg, the LSU punter, he's 30 years old. So on Twitter, he goes, however, people, however, people think this year is normal. It's not. I couldn't imagine being a freshman this season. Nobody wants to address issues like mental health, but imagine not being able to enjoy yourself away from football. No matter what you do, you need an outlet. There are none. And I, I think this is something we lose sight of. These guys have been at every school, been asked to be incredibly disciplined all season long, not socialized that much, you know, definitely not out, outside of their, their program, their team. And it, it just wears on you mentally. And when you're losing games where LSU, you're losing games when they're not used to losing games, Vanderbilt, none of the players surely expected to go 0 and 8 at this point, you know, outside expectations. They don't care about those. So I, I get the frustration um, level. So I, I think you're seeing a little bit of everything injury, you know, injuries, you know, you follow everyone follows college football injuries, the wear and tear of the season, they build up along, um, build up as, as the season progresses. So I, it's just a little bit of everything. What's going to happen at LSU eventually? I mean, is that a case of, I was never big on the hire, right? I, I never thought that he'd make it down there. On the other hand, he being Ed Ogeron, on the other hand, they won a national title. He's endearing to the folks down there. How much of that is just what you said about this being a weird year? And how much of this is a harbinger of maybe last year was sort of a one-off. He's not going to repeat when he had a, you know, a franchise quarterback and a, you know, a receiving core that could, could fit into an NFL room and acquit itself. Okay. Yes. That's the answer. Somewhere in between as most things are. Um, I'm with you. I didn't think he was a great hire. He made a bad hire in Bo Pelini as his defensive coordinator. It's been an absolute train wreck, and that is on him. He spoke often in the offseason about how they were going to be better on defense. You know, Dave Aranda left to go become the Baylor head coach, and, you know, he didn't hire Dave Aranda. Dave, he inherited Dave Aranda, and part of his appeal to get the job at LSU was like, I have this staff I'll hire. We'll keep Dave Aranda, all this stuff. So, they lost, you know, we don't have to go over. We, they, we know how much personnel they lost coaching. They lost. So I, I, I expected them to take a step back, but they've been horrible uh, defensively. There's no excuse for that with the talent they have, even though they're young. So they are recruiting very well. They're closing in on the top five class again. Um, so talent's never an issue. They got to get the quarterback position right. I think Brennan healthy is better. Is, is a better choice right now, but he's not healthy than the two freshmen they're playing. So I think they will go back to being a top 10 team I don't see them being you know and that I, I don't think they're elbowing their way into the Ohio State Clemson Georgia Alabama group where every year you just pencil them as a potential playoff team I just uh they will have the talent but I don't think they'll live up to that talent what's gonna happen at Michigan and by the way just for the audience we'll get to Vandy but just when I'm thinking about coaches who have made a big splash and now things are sort of unraveling that one comes to mind it's funny you mentioned that because something I hadn't thought about it. Maybe I just not have been paying attention. Maybe this is out there. I was text messaging a good friend I grew up with who's a diehard Michigan fan, asking him his opinion of Harbaugh, what, what he wants. And, um, I, you know, there's rumors that they're working on a, a new contract um, extension. 
I think that's one of the few jobs Matt Campbell would be interested in for is you make the move and you hire Matt Campbell. Shocked the Harbaugh deal didn't work out. I mean, on paper, it just seemed like such a slam dunk hire, but it hasn't. Now they've got a top 10 class coming in too. So maybe if you, you contract extension, you say, okay, we're, we're kind of resetting everything here. You know, we know it hasn't gone well. Make some staff changes. My friend brought this out. Derek Mason, Michigan defensive coordinator. Was he, Matt Mason was a DB coach, I think, on Harbaugh's staff, and then became the defensive coordinator of David Shaw. So that would not shock me right there. Um, but my guess is Harbaugh's back next year, but I think that's 50-50 at best. Kind of pointed, that's the typical, um, you know, I, I guess we'll make it a little cheaper to get rid of you um, <laughs> long term, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's... Shorten the tenure of the a, contract and, you know, give you a shot to, I don't know if double or nothing is a good way to put it, but you know what I mean. Well, actually, yeah, I mean, his contract's up after next year. That's been one of the storylines um, yeah. where it's it, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of length there. So um, I could see them resetting it and just being patient, saying we still think he's the guy because, you, know, you know, this isn't my job as AD, but if you back channel and Matt Campbell's not interested then maybe you say, okay, he, he's our guy. If you think you can hire Matt Campbell or someone that you like, then maybe you make a move. Well, let's transition to Vandy. When Vandy makes the move on Derek Mason two games early, look, coaching stuff is almost impossible to know, but were you thinking that's what they're doing was maybe they've got a guy, they're close to getting a guy? Because to make the move with two games left in the season, and I know COVID, there's that explanation, but that's also Van, un-Vandy-like in and of itself. You mean to make the move with two games to go? Yeah. In other words, when you see a team make a move like that, are you thinking because there was no reason that you couldn't keep Derek around for two more games? I, uh, I think it was kind of what she said at the time that she, they they wanted to possibly have someone in place for signing day. I think South Carolina did the same thing. You know, got rid of uh, Will Muschamp once they decided that the, that was the move they wanted to make. They wanted to get the ball rolling, and it took them two weeks, a little over maybe two weeks, to hire a coach. And now they got a guy who's not a head coach somewhere, but Shane Beamer's still going to coach at Oklahoma. So, I mean, I think it just gives you, you can, you can start the interview process, which they've done. I think it just accelerates the, accelerates the, the timetable. So I've always been in favor of, if you know the decision, you might as well go make, make the decision. This year is a little bit different because of COVID all that. I think just after the Missouri game, after that performance, Candace Lee said, that the time is now. And I think she probably said, she said, you know, that they want to get the ball rolling and, and possibly have someone in place. Cause if you wait till after the season right now, what season might not end for till after signing day. And that, that's a mess. If you've already made the decision, you might as well just go ahead and do it. The depth chart is out for Vanderbilt. It's been talked about a lot, about 45 scholarship players on the roster. You know, some guys, I think in that number hurt, do they play? Should they play? Those are two different questions, but how do you answer them? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I thought they would play last week and they didn't. My guess is they will play. It looks like they know what the numbers are going to be. So barring any injuries or certain things happen late in the week, again, this is all speculation. It's all we can do. So my guess is they're going to play. Uh, should they play? Sure. If they if they feel like they've, they've dispersed the roster enough, and I've seen the depth chart, but we all know depth charts are uh, not always the most accurate there. So, you know, if they feel like they want to play, you know, South Carolina, give South Carolina went up to Lexington in the cold weather and played with, you know, I think 50, 45 guys or something like that, what, 17 guys on defense or something like that, well, sort of like high school. So, sure, I mean, if they want to play, I'm all, all, I am all in favor of them, them giving it a go. The depth chart, and Todd Fitch's explanation today was, he said we might as well just be honest and put it out there, which has not been their 
MO so far. Uh, but boy, you got one guy at defensive end, you got one guy at outside linebacker, uh, and Mintz is the end. He's been basically a you know a pass rush guy. So they've got nobody to back up on the edge, and they've got two guys in the middle. It's just and then you've got two cornerbacks playing linebacker, uh, or a corner and a safety, I think to be exact. It's just one of those you look at this and you say, I, I think you have a hard time winning with that lineup. Yeah. Any lineup this year. Um, they were playing better clearly before the Missouri game, but it's the hand they were dealt. And I think probably the guys who are still around, as Todd Fitch said, that they, they want to play and let them, let them have at it. I mean, if there's, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. It's like, if they want to play, who are we to tell them not to play? Yeah. Well, let's go into the mailbag, which is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of your insurance needs. Call him today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshuminton.hq or facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about it here. VUMAT23 says... What can you tell us about Chadwell's reputation as a recruiter and his overall recruiting philosophy? Not much. I mean, like I've said many times this podcast, I've followed his career um, since he played Vanderbilt as the head coach at Charleston Southern. Um, you know, he's done a good job at, at Coastal Carolina. Don't pretend to follow Sunbelt recruiting like I do nationally. Uh, clearly, he's got a system that he recruits to. Um you, if you, it's sort of that modified option, but they throw the ball a lot. So you got to have the right quarterback for that. He's, you know, he'd be recruiting different type of player, uh, or different, you know, uh, just, you know, recruiting to Vanderbilt's different than recruiting to a lot of schools, definitely recruiting to a Sunbelt school. So, uh, I don't have a great answer for that question. Mr. Vandy says if Jamie Chadwell ends up as Vanderbilt's next coach, do you think he'll run the same system he runs now, or he will adjust to something different to fit the roster he inherits? You'd like to think something in between, like, you know, if Ken Seals is the quarterback, you're going to throw, you know, you're not going to run the same system, but I think he would probably want to run something because he has modified. I think when he was at Charleston Southern, when he played Vanderbilt, it was more of a pure option, although they did throw the ball, but I think he is going to throw the ball. I mean, I think he would throw the ball more. I, I don't think Jamie Chadwell is going to be the, the next head coach, but um, I understand the questions. Coaches have to be flexible. Like, I think I said this, I'm not sure it was on this podcast or whatever. Like I think Paul Johnson, who's one of the best option coaches ever ran the run and shoot at Hawaii one year, like through the ball. So coaches, you know, offensive coaches who are good, they're smart and they're flexible and you can't, that's, that's one of the reasons the Rod Dowhar era was such a disaster. He came in and inherited an option offense and tried to r- drop back seven step drop with Damian Allen for, you know, a year. And it was a nightmare. It was no flexibility at all. You obviously you have to, you have to be flexible. 81J says, do you know about Clark Lee and what can you tell us about him? Yeah, I'm Clark Lee. If, if I were making a decision right now, I think it'd be Clark Lee would be a head coach. I, I've talked to a lot of people about him. People rave about him. Um, yes, I, I compare him to um, Matt Campbell. Now, Matt Campbell, when he was hired at uh, Iowa State, is uh, I had already been a head coach at Toledo for a few years, but you know I don't know if you saw the the post Iowa State Texas game that their whole shtick was you know five star culture beats five star recruits, which is just a great line when you just beat Texas. But just a very cerebral guy, um, very you know just I think he's perfect for Vanderbilt. I get the fact that he's defensive coordinator. 
and he hasn't been a head coach. I've surely I'd rather hire a guy who's been a head coach, but I just think he checks all the boxes you're looking for. He's a smart guy. Obviously he's going to run an offense where he thinks that he needs to run. I don't, I don't subscribe necessarily anything that Vanderbilt has to be different. Vanderbilt had some pretty good offenses with Kyle Shermer at quarterback. You just need to keep recruiting and sustain success and keep getting a good quarterback. Like it's just, you just need a good coach and a good system. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I've been watch. I've been following Clark Lee's career. I've talked to people about him as he has progressed through, you know, come up the, the industry. And uh, I think he's the right guy at the right time right now for Vanderbilt. Okay. Jay also asks, who would you most like to cover? I guess he means from a media standpoint, if you were covering one of these coaches who could take the job, who would you like to cover? That's a better question for Chris. Cause I don't really cover Vanderbilt. I, you know, I don't work on sideline anymore and, you know, at the athletic Joe Rex road does some good Vanderbilt stuff. Now I, I might do some stuff, but I, I understand the question. I don't No preference. I mean, Clark Lee's supposed to be a good guy. Will Healy's supposed to be a good guy. I don't know Jamie Chadwell's personality. You, just, you don't want a jerk <laughs> to be the head coach. You want to hire a good coach, not who the media wants to cover. My perception is all three of those guys are very nice, genuine guys. No, that can be taken the wrong way, right? People hear nice guy and think pushover. I have not heard that, but I think if they were to hire, you know, I've said that all along, I thought that would come from Healy, Chadwell, or Clark Lee. And if it's, frankly, if it's any of them, I I, I would look forward to covering any of them based on what I've heard. I, I think that Healy would be. Maybe the most entertaining. Yeah, maybe the most entertaining is a good way to put it. But anyway, I, I mean, look, I, I'd be fine with any of them from, from what I know. So next question, 81J, who would the other schools in the SEC not want Vanderbilt to hire? Um, that's a good question. Well, I think Football Scoop had a report out with two interesting quotes. One SEC assistant said they should hire Jeff Monken. Imagine having to get ready for the option every week. Another said they should hire Clark Lee. That's such a slam dunk at Vanderbilt. Probably an option coach just from being a pain in the butt and having to prepare for him, not necessarily scared of it, but just it's, it's a different, completely different preparation, which really, if you play him in the middle of the year, you have two days to prepare for. Basically you have two real practice days, you know, the, the Tuesday and Wednesday, the, the, the you implement the game plan there. So that's a good way of looking at things like as a fan of any team, like do I want the other team to punt? If I say I want them to punt, then they shouldn't punt, <laughs> you know, that's a, sometimes or with like a pitching change or whatever. Um, so that's a good question. I, my guess is a gun to the head of every coach. I'd probably say they don't want them to hire Jeff Monken. Yeah. Well, I think somebody came out and said that, where was it? Like an anonymous kind of thing. Yeah. Football scoop had a report. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Mitch, I know you've got a busy day. I do too. Gosh, I wish, I wish we had more concrete stuff to talk about. It just seems like the world's in flux and I feel well, like by the time you, I you record a podcast, the news, you know, by the time people listen the next day, sometimes it's, there's, there's new news. So, right. Um, and, and that's why this podcast has been a little shorter today. I mean, I, I literally could upload it and it could be out of date by the time I do that. I've had that happen before, not often, but in yeah. these days we live in, you never know. Yeah. So I'll just say my prediction is Clark Lee will be the next coach at Vanderbilt. Okay. Well, I think a lot of people out there agree with you, Mitch, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter and anything else of your work you'd like to promote at Mitch light and just, you can read, uh, we've done well, based on the, after the dismissal of Mason, all that stuff, Joe Rex road, we, and I did a, a round table at the athletic and Joe will be all over the coaching, uh, search, um, read Chris's stuff obviously as well, but Joe Rex would be doing good stuff at the athletic too. So, um, 
yeah, that's about it. You guys do good work over there. Hope you subscribe at The Athletic and to us. Mitch, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week when Vandy may or may not have a, a new coach. <laughs> and may may or may not have played a game and may or may not have had a new may have a new coach. So hopefully, hopefully both on, on both fronts. Yeah, it's 2020, anything can happen. Yeah, sounds sounds good. <laughs> oh, oh, let me let me get one more prediction. May or may not be playing basketball this time next week. Well, are they playing Sunday? Well, as of today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So playing as of Sunday. So yeah, that's all. That's all we can go on. So yeah, basketball. I mean, that's, I know we're done here, Chris, but basketball has been an absolute train wreck around the country. I mean, there's teams like DePaul's paused again, hasn't played a game. Tennessee's playing its first game tonight. Um, there, basketball has been more disruptions than, than football. Now, basketball, you can be a little bit more nimble. You can schedule quicker. You can play multiple games in shorter amount of times to make things up later in the year. But I, I, I'm concerned about basketball in the month of January. Yeah, I am too. And I wonder, you know, it's going to be very interesting for coaches doing prep work. Let's just say, let's just throw this out there, okay? Because uh, I think the vaccine will come and that's going to help a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm no medical expert, but, but let's say that you get most of January wiped out. <sighs> I'm wondering if, like, you're having coaches doing crazy stuff in February, like doing advanced scouting on on kids by watching what they did in high school and things like that. I mean, uh, because you're you're going to get into conference play, and you're not going to have a lot of information on who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, and it's difficult to evaluate teams. Like, you know, we we haven't even talked. I don't think you know Vanderbilt was kind of sloppy in its win over Valpo. Although I did watch Valpo almost beat Valpo. Lost the UIC in the next game, but then almost beat Purdue after that. So you chalk that up maybe to, to first game jitters, but then, well, they haven't played in two weeks, so they're going to be more first game jitters. You know, all this stopping and starting, there's no continuity. There's just such a lack of continuity out there that it's going to be difficult for these teams to find any kind of rhythm. Indeed. And with that, we will end the show. For Mitch Light, I'm Chris Lee. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.